Hello, my friends. For many people, financial stewardship isn't just about smart financial decisions. They also want to allocate their resources in a way that is consistent with their values and their religious principles. Revo Financial brings biblical wisdom to the financial planning and investment process. Whether planning for retirement or college, for a first-time home or special charitable or estate strategy, Revo Financial will come alongside you and help you define your financial goals and establish a plan to reach them. For more information or to set up a complimentary one-on-one appointment, visit RevoFinancial.com or call 918-336-7877. Revo Financial. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Northfield Radio Program with your host, Caleb Gordon. I want to say thank you to our friends at Outpost Coffee. We are loving this fabulous fall-like weather, and they have the perfect hot beverages to complete your day. Check them out at outpostcoffeeco.com. You won't regret it. Hello, my friends. Welcome to the Northfield Radio Program. So excited that you're along for the journey this week. So excited for you guys to be on this today. Uh, we've got an incredible interview today with Jason Hur. He's running for city council here in the town in which I live. And I just want to have a conversation with him about just his life, who he is, what his passions are, and what made him decide to run for city council here in our town. So I just thought this would be a fun conversation. So I pray that this encourages you this week. Welcome to the Northfield Nation. Jason Her, how are you, my friend? I'm good, Caleb. How are you, man? Doing really well. Um, excited that you're here with us. So, to be here. thank you. This is literally just going to be a conversation style for you and I. Just, I, I want to get to know you and the people that listen to my show, they can get to know you as well. Sure. And you're running for city council. Yeah, and, city council for and Ward 2. Yeah. Ward 2. So, before, I'm going to have you come in just a little bit closer. Just, sure. Um, when you, before we get into that of how you got started, why you're, why you decided to run, uh, I want to know more about you. Just sure. tell me a little bit, 30,000 foot view, Jason, who, who are you, where you came from and, and just that, that kind of idea. Sure. Native Oklahoma, born in Woodward, um, <clears throat> Woodward in Woodward, mm-hmm. graduated high school from Blackwell over by Ponca city. Yep. Um, my wife's from Ponca. So, okay. So you know that, that I, I do know that well. Uh, and then I graduated college from Oklahoma Christian University down in Oklahoma City. Okay. Came into Bartlesville in 2002 working for ConocoPhillips. Um, so is that what brought you that's to do Bartlesville? That's what brought me here. Okay. My wife's what keeps me here. <laughs> 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 uh, she's a native Bartian and uh, graduated away from Dewey High School. Um, so uh, we've made Bartlesville our home. Um, awesome. We were married in 2000 and um, she's going to kill me too. 2009. Sorry, I had to think about that for a quick second. 2009. Hey, I, I completely can. I, I understand. So, been married for 11 years. We've got four kids now. Awesome. Um, Keegan is our son. He's 10. Our daughter Clara, she's six. And then we've got um, six month old twins. Oh, wow. That we just had this year in the middle just, of the pandemic. Just knock it out. Yeah. Yeah. So, and they're, they're six month old, six months old. <clears throat> and uh, their names are Liam and Levi. Awesome, man. Very yeah. cool. Yeah. So, you came to here with. With Philip or Conoco Phillips, mm-hmm. and that's that's how you 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 got your start here in Beeville. Right. Um, so tell me, because this is obviously a Christian radio show, sure. and, and tell me how Jesus got a hold of you. Oh man, that's a great question. So um, <clears throat> I'm one of those guys that grew up in kind of a church home. Okay. Although that church home varied uh, 
a little bit growing up. I'll give you a, a quick background. Sure. Uh, it's it's very wide and varied. You're gonna, you're gonna appreciate it. So I was, <laughs> I was um, uh, born in Woodward, as I said, and we attended a uh, Pentecostal church, Assemblies of God in Woodward. Yep. When I was a a little bit older, about 10 years old, my dad was a uh, fireman for the city of Woodward. Okay. And uh, he lost his job during the oil bust of the, the late 80s. Yep. And uh, so he found work driving a Greyhound bus out of Boston, Massachusetts. So we <clears throat> transferred from Woodward, Oklahoma to Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, and the religious demographic, if you will, up there was very Jewish. Yeah. Uh, we're not Jewish. Um, there were very few uh, Pentecostal churches at the time. So we be- kind of became... Uh, at-home Christians. We just yeah. kind of had church at our house, and, and uh, my dad would do something, or my mom would do something in terms of like a little Bible study. Sure. A um, couple years after that, we transferred to uh, San Antonio, Texas, trying to get closer to home. That's a that's a major jump from... Yes. <laughs> there's, there's a whole backstory there about me getting threatened to get beat up because of the way that I spoke uh, to my friends and stuff. So going from Oklahoma to Massachusetts, I had a very slack jaw draw yeah. uh, from being from Western Oklahoma, uh, for which I was threatened to get my butt kicked every day. <laughs> that happens, and, yeah. And as a 10-year-old kid, you adapt, right? So right, I, I, learned, yeah. I learned a Bostonian accent and I learned how to stop pronouncing my R's correctly to make it sound authentic. Uh, and then I moved to San Antonio, Texas, and all of a sudden I'm getting threats to get beat up because I talked funny. And you so, got, uh, got a little southern drum. You got yeah. a real thick accent down there. Yeah. So I, uh, I think I've come out relatively accent neutral. Nice. Um, yeah. I, I can't tell. So, but you put me around some of my family from Western Oklahoma or Southern Oklahoma. I've it's hard down around Hilton and Ardmore. And there's something innate in the back of my brain that when I'm around my my kinfolk, uh, <laughs> that this slack jaw comes back and it's 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 there and it's uh, nice. It's a uh, it's solid. I'm sorry, we weren't talking it, all about it, that. It's we're, a, we're just like, how oh, Jesus got a hold of you. Yeah. So um, when we moved to San Antonio, um, my parents converted to Mormonism. They started uh, attending the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Okay. Um, and that's that's a left turn from where I came from, Yeah. Um, from a Pentecostal background. And so I, I kind of grew up in, in that church for a number of years. And I, I, couldn't, um, I couldn't reconcile some of the things that I studied in the Bible with that. Uh, doctrine uh, sure. that, that they teach, and so I, I struggled for a little bit. Yeah, uh, um, and then I, I found my way to uh, the Church of Christ, mm-hmm. um, which is a little more conservative in its, its yep. bringing very, yep. uh, very traditional, absolutely um, Christian church, and that's that's kind of where I hung out for a long time. And Jesus got a hold of me, truthfully, uh, about the time that I, I met my wife and started um, dating her and going to church yeah. with her. Um, I went through some personal struggles sure. uh, in my late middle and middle to late twenties, uh, and and even though I had kind of grown up in that that church environment, it was more of a uh, checklist of things we did. Yeah. And the the relationship factor between uh, myself and God, or my relationship with Jesus, just wasn't there before that. And having gone through some of the hardships that I did in my 20s, and some of it was of my own self-doing, yeah. um, and, and my wife coming from her background was uh, on a mission to, to find God, too. And so together, we kind of worked together uh, to work on that relationship, and, and uh, that's that's really when God got a hold of me. Oh, wow. And, and when, you, when you're doing that with somebody that you love, it, it, it seems a much deeper relationship. Sure. It's formed, um, just been my experience fantastic wow um okay so let's fast forward a little bit you're you've been here in bartlesville for 11 years ish a little over 15 oh, 15, yeah, 15. Almost, almost 20, <clears throat> sorry yeah. so you've been in bartlesville about 15 years what 
what made you decide to decide to run for city council? So uh, I mentioned my six-month-old boys, right? So yep. that takes us back to March when they were born. And March, as you'll recall, was when we started quarantining everybody and closing yep. down businesses and, and things of that nature. Um, I was on paternity leave, uh, just out of a matter of coincidence. Yeah. And I started paying attention. I started, I'm, al- I'm already kind of a, what I consider an informed voter. Sure. Uh, I keep up with news. I keep up with political p- jockeying and positioning of different political yep. candidates and that sort of thing. Um, but... When when the George Floyd death incident happened in, in Minneapolis and the rioting and the looting, looting that came from that, uh, I started watching um, what was going on in these different communities. Mm-hmm. And, and from that, um, and paired with the pandemic, you, you started seeing trends in certain cities and states where um, looters were, were going unchallenged. Yeah. Um, by a lot of a lot of the police force there. Um, at the same time, you had a lot of uh, these Democratic blue states that were pushing hardcore for mask mandates and yep. things like that. And so I became concerned, and I started looking into my local government as to what we were doing about these sorts of things. And so our, our city council um, um, presents live all of their city council meetings live to the public. Yep. So I started paying attention, and and my council representative just didn't represent the views from which I came from. Um, don't think he's a bad guy. I think he really does have a heart for the city, uh, but uh, the way that he leads in crisis uh, concerned me, and that sure. it was enough of a concern that I felt like I had to do something about it. Fantastic. Yeah, I I don't disagree with you at all. Um, some of the things that I, I've seen lean left, mm-hmm. and I, I obviously, I mean, if you if you know anything about me, I I do not lean left other than I'm left-handed. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. That That's the only side of me that's left. Um, and, and I just, I look at the world in which we live right now, the insanity over yeah. closing businesses, uh, over a virus that has a 99% uh, right. survival, survival rate is just asinine to me that we're closing businesses and that people are not, I mean, I know people personally that have been affected by... Sure. Uh, their business is not being able to be open. Yeah. And, and we're, I mean, yes, pre- take precautions. Yeah. Just like you do during the flu season. Right. I mean, there's a lot more people, if you look at the actual statistics, more people die from flu than this this virus. Right. And during flu season, there are precautions that everyone takes. You wash your hands normally. If you're, if you're sick, you don't leave the house. Right. Like... But you don't right. close the place down, and it's not. And it's not just if you're sick. It's it's the same. The same population of high risk demographics is the same population of high risk demographics during normal flu. Yep. People that are 65 and older are at a higher risk of contracting and having uh, a fatal outcome. Yep. Um, those that have compromised immune systems that don't fit into that age demographic are also of a high risk um, of that. And those are the people that need to take extra precaution for certain. They they need to. Um, wash our hands more, be self-quarantined, all of the things that we're doing. But to, to take that and apply it to society or um, the general public as a whole, mm-hmm. uh, in my viewpoint, is an overreach. Um, I, I believe I believe very much in, in limited government. I think the way that um, on. city councils and, and local governments should be acting should be to keep us, the citizens, informed of what's going on, uh, provide accurate, discernible information um, mm-hmm. and, and recommendations for mitigation of risk. But at the end of the day, it's a 
a healthcare decision that each individual needs to make for themselves and their exactly. families. Exactly. It, it is not. It is not government's position to mandate your healthcare decisions. Oh my goodness! I don't know what I have to do, but I like you got me fired up, and Good. I'm I'm Good. totally 100 percent excited. That's where I'm coming from in this whole thing. You've got my you've got a my backing 110 support 110 percent, and and I this limited government. Government. We yeah. we live in a world where the government. We are literally on the precipice of socialism with right. one side of the aisle. Right. I mean, one side of the aisle literally wants to control every aspect, and it cracks me up. the The team that says that our team is the is the fascist ones are the ones that are wanting to mask mandate everyone. Uh, mandate you can't do certain play. You can't play. You can't watch your kid play football. Unless you want to get taste. Unless you want to get taste. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 become absurd. The okay. So again, my my position is always coming from protecting the rights of the individual. Uh, I believe very much in limited government. I'm just going to say that again. So when you when you have something such as a mask mandate, the the city has made it a law. It's an ordinance of the city to um, require these things. Yeah. Then you have the enforcement side of it. How do you enforce such a thing? Is it through fines and penalties? Do you take your police resources and actually go out and tase and arrest people that aren't uh, masked up in, in public settings, like such as uh, football games or soccer games, softball mm-hmm. games, whatever? Um, and then it, it becomes an abuse of the, of the population, in my opinion. 100%. So that's... It just it boggles my mind that, that we... I mean, just... Was it Wednesday? And obviously, we live in Oklahoma. We're not in Idaho. But in uh, Christchurch in Idaho, they had an outdoor, not inside, outdoor mm-hmm. song service. And they sang four songs. Yeah. And three of them got arrested, which I find it funny that one of them that's running for county commissioner is the one that got arrested. Hmm. Interesting. Is there a political element to that? Uh, maybe. I just think that that's interesting. It's interesting. For sure. Um, okay. So you so you just you have a desire to want to 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 jump in with city council and try to help um, limit government. I in- want to protect your family and my family from government overreach. That's um, that's a big part of it. <clears throat> you can't run a campaign on that and that alone because sure. the virus is a um, pandemic, and a pandemic will eventually come to an end. Yep. And and common sense would say that okay, so now that the pandemic's gone, do we lift the ordinance? The the answer ought to be yes. Now. Bartlesville doesn't have an, a city ordinance for mask mandates, and that's a good thing. But okay, folks, as you hear that, Bartlesville does not have a mask mandate. They do not. <laughs> I love that. And we're blessed as a community because. Amen. Of it. But um, the idea isn't far from home. I mean, we no, can go I, as far as Tulsa. Yeah. So Tulsa has a mask mandate in place now. Is it being enforced? No, not the way. It, not the way that I've seen it. In the couple no. times that I've been down in Tulsa, I, I think folks are just going about their days, They're living their life the way that they want to live their life. But that doesn't mean that government isn't trying to continue its encroachment on our civil liberties and personal rights. Um, Not to single one person out, but Dr. Dart has been on record. uh, If you don't know who Dr. Dart is, he's the head of the Tulsa Health Health Department. uh, Has gone on record that he wishes that the Tulsa County residents would, or Tulsa County would also go about doing a mask mandate the way that Tulsa, the city proper has. Mm. Um, So you have these bureaucracies of, of government trying to push in my opinion, an agenda that oh, absolutely. Our, our civil liberties. Uh, and I'm not a fan. So I'm, I'm not either. So what what else? Um, tell us a little bit. Uh, other, is there any other reason or uh, any other um, 
a, a platform that you're going to stand on as, as a yeah. So my, my background's in accounting, finance, executive leadership. I'm I'm a, I'm a big pro, uh, proponent for businesses. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the things that I would really like to do as city councilor is um, um, work with the city and the BDA and others in recruiting what I refer to as priority one jobs. These are jobs that help. Uh, solidify the foundation of our community support that supports other industries like the, the investments that we've made in, in retail and the investments that we've made in restaurants and, and those sorts of things so that we yeah. have the, the families here that want to stay here, that want to shop here and live here and play here, um, uh, make that foundation a more solid foundation by having the types of jobs in place that, uh, that would do that. Fantastic. So you're, you're, you want to try to bolster the economy in Bartlesville, yeah. which is... Yeah. Always a good yeah. thing. And in city government speak, I want to increase our tax base. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's yeah, that helps the wheels keep you know keep them greased. Absolutely, <laughs> and that's the way it works. Yeah, absolutely. You increase your tax base, and, and I think we've done a really good job of trying to build things here in Bartlesville that are going to help keep residents here rather than driving south. Um, to do their their shopping nope. or, or their going outs and doing whatever's uh, getting their hair done whatever sure absolutely uh, I, I think we've done a good job uh, in that step uh, I think we need to do a good job now on the other end of it too and making sure that we have um, the the types of jobs and industries here in Bartlesville that will create opportunities that will attract people to want to move to Bartlesville and once they get here I think they'll like you and I will find it to be a wonderful place to raise families and and, and uh, be a part of the community and plug in and be um, um, a helpful member of our, our, our community. So. Absolutely. Perfect. So, um, you, you said you're, you're married and have four kiddos. I mm-hmm. want to, uh, uh, how, how did you meet your wife? At work of all places. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, so I was working as an accounting manager for a company called, uh, FTS at the time they've sold. It's, uh, may still be SGS. I'm not sure. Um, and, and she was a cute little receptionist and, <laughs> I met her and uh, we went out on a date and it was uh, it was nice. It, we uh, just kind of clicked, huh? Clicked and nice. started a courtship there and eventually got married uh, about a year and a half later and uh, it was good. It's still good. Getting better every day. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Um, okay, so you're Oklahoma native. Um, where do you land on um, college football? Where, what's your favorite favorite team? You're gonna get me in trouble now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I am a Sooners fan. See, I, I'm I'm Oklahoma State, so I, I know. So I, I know this about you. I do a little research before <laughs> coming in here. So coming from Blackwell, Oklahoma, where I graduated high school, my best friend was an OSU guy. Yep. I mean, he was all about Thurman Thomas, Barry Sanders, you know, the, the oh, lady yeah. of OSU studs. And and I had to go the other way just so that we'd have something to talk about. You know, it's, it's no fun to just agree with your friends all the Absolutely. time. Absolutely, my, my best friend he he's he's actually a graduate of, of OU. Yeah, and and loves OU, and so he and I constantly have this this big just yeah about sports. And yep. so I, I'm I have more OU friends than I do OSU friends, but I have more OSU family. So I, I mean, it's fair enough. I, I I live with an OSU. Yeah. Uh, and my brother-in-law, my father, all of us, you know, my whole family is is OSU. We bleed yeah. orange. So. Yeah, Cowboys <laughs> bleeding orange, yep. So uh, I, I've, uh, I've been the Crimson, Crimson and Cream side since since early days of middle school. Just yep. just just to really rag on my friend more than anything about all the national titles right, and all the right. studs that come out. You know, um, I think it's going to be another one of those years for the Sooners, just my opinion. Yeah, right, right uh, enough. You yeah, never know. Yeah. So You never know. Season's early. Season's early. Yeah. And, uh, Oh, speaking of, uh, of football and, and, and COVID and all these things, is this is this not a crazy time where we can't even 
play a game of football without no. the fear of it? No, I mean, we're it's, terrifying. It's, oh. I, I watched, I'm sure because it's in the news right now, yeah. a woman drove an hour and a half to watch her son play ball in, a, not an enclosed stadium, an outdoor stadium. Yeah. She's sitting with her mom by themselves on the stands, like nowhere close to anybody. Right. And the, the officer comes over and says, you know, she's like, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to do it. And, and said, we're going to arrest you. And then just tased her. And I was like, what are we doing? This is insane. It's, it's nuts. You know, the, the, the idea was um, we need to social distance. And in situations where you can't social distance, masks are encouraged. Uh, at least that's the way it has been around here. Apparently, if you don't have a mask on and you're so not socially distancing, you're going to get your tail end tased. You're going to get you're tased. You're going to get lit up. I've so. never been tased before in my life, but man, I, just, the sound of it just is. To, just, it just sounds terrible. I've, I have yeah. some police officer friends, sheriff's friends, and man, they. I've heard the sound, and yeah. it just that terrifies me. Well, you may have seen some of the YouTube videos of some of these police trainings where they you have to kind of do it to understand yeah. what you're oh, doing yeah. to others. Yeah. And you, you see these officers in training getting they tased, and they just, they just, and just like boom, intense. Before. I could not imagine just sitting there minding my business, trying to watch my kid play ball, nope. and and I'm getting electrocuted right there in my seat as I watch it. I, I just I can't. But it, and then and then they, but just you know in these same towns where all this stuff is happening, like like in Idaho and in different places where they're having these. You know, John MacArthur's church getting shut down, all, and mm-hmm. then they say we're gonna we're gonna join, yeah. we're gonna have service. They have these protests, yeah. and I use that word very loosely because it's it's rioting. It's rioting, and they're tearing stuff up. They're, I mean, people are getting. Sh- I mean, they're shooting just not too far from here in in uh, Louisville. Mm-hmm. People are getting shot, and and stuff is getting torn to. Pe- I, I'm which I'm all for peaceful protest. Sure. Like there's there's constitutionally that is given yeah. to us as Absolutely. a right. But when you start destroying business owners it's no longer peaceful it's, it's not, not a peaceful, peaceful protest and and they just stand by and the police officers just stand by and just helpless and i know that that's probably because of the overarching government reaching leadership and i use that word very loosely yeah. leadership but they jump on christians yeah. people that are of faith have faith mm-hmm. and have these gatherings and just use them as they're not we don't we're not violent we're not trying to whip anybody i mean mm-hmm. i watched them get arrested they were compliant. They put their hands behind their back. They they walked. They now they disagreed. Yeah. But they didn't physically try to assault anyone. They tried. They didn't try to hurt anyone. No. Whereas with these riots, if they try to get arrested, the mob just jumps on them and rips them apart. Yeah. And I just like that's the thing that frustrates me. Yeah. And I think you touched on a couple of things. The first one being a matter of leadership. You know, in, in, in these cities like Louisville and places like Kenosha and places like uh, Minneapolis. Um, your your leadership is is giving these officers stand down orders. They're more than capable of exactly. dissipating riots. They've been well trained. They've got teams that are specialized in these sorts of things. Um, and if they're not, they've got other um, avenues available to them to bring folks into the state that mm-hmm. know how to do that sort of thing. Um, so it's really a matter of will you or won't you protect your community? Exactly. Yeah. Um, you know. You hear these dumb arguments from from people that support looting and rioting as, uh, you know, you, you care more about your stuff than you do somebody's life. Oh, gosh. Some of that stuff is a business that makes sure that that person's life. That, that's exactly right. These are, these are primary. I mean, yes, you've got the targets of the world and uh, 
you know, target corporation. Mm -hmm. um, and yes, they do have lots of deep pockets and yes, they're well insured and that sort of thing. I, I, I get what you're saying. I don't agree with it. No, I, I don't either. Saying. But by and large, you're talking about small business owners who have spent their lives trying to save up enough Mom money and pops. to launch this business. Exactly. And then you have this business launch and you put everything you have into to maintaining it and growing it and, and building the reputation of it so that um, you know, hopefully you can pass it down generationally yeah, to, yeah. to your kids and grandkids should be successful enough to do such a thing. And then you have these these ne'er-do-well rioters and looters who have no vested interest in your community, no vested interest in your business, who are, who are destroying it, throwing bricks through it, lighting it on fire, burning it to the ground. And what is it fixing anything? It fixes absolutely nothing. It doesn't fix anything. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. I mean... Historically, I mean, in the 90s, they did this. I mean, there was the riot, looters and rioters did the same thing in, in L.A. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, and nothing changes. Mm -hmm. There has to be a change of heart. Yeah. Well, and, and that's a great point because, you know, I, I've heard the argument that we've, we've got to have uh, stricter racism laws and things like that. There's systemic racism throughout yeah. the country. I couldn't disagree with you more on that particular issue. Um the, the idea of systemic racism, I think there are, there are hate crime laws that are in place in, yep. in most states and cities. Um, there are EOE laws in place to help dis, uh, prevent discrimination against a person based on their sex, age, race, religion, uh, country of origin, all of those yeah, things. Yeah, all those things. Sure. All those things. So there, there's laws in place that, that go as far as they can go. But at the heart of the matter, when you're talking about racism, racism, where one person truly hates another person because of the color of their skin, that's a hard issue. And exactly. I don't, I don't care who you are as a legislator or as a legislative body, you can never regulate the heart of a man or nope. a woman. Um, hate is something that, that has to be changed within that individual. Absolutely. But within, um, within systems of government, businesses, organizations, there are laws and policies in place that help prevent those kinds of things. Yep. It's already there. It's already there. I just what think of, can you do? Yeah, you can't. You can't do any. I mean, you can't legislate morality. And you, no. I mean, there there are pen, there are penalties if you do hate crimes, which they're already there. If you do mm -hmm. something that's wicked, you should be punished. Yeah. I, I think of Chicago. Chicago's got the strictest gun laws in the nation, and one of the highest murder rates. And one of the highest mm. murder rates with guns. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so where evil men will always do evil things. That's exactly right. Period. Yeah. So this is where good men have to stand up against evil. Because if, if we don't, it's going to run rampant through our entire country. Right. Go look at Venezuela. Socialism didn't work. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think one of the most dangerous concepts in America today, not just Oklahoma or Bartlesville, but in America today is the concept of um, uh, democratic socialism. Mm -hmm. I don't care who you are. Anytime you throw any word around the word socialism, it's socialism. It's socialism. Period. It's it's just one step closer. Maybe maybe it doesn't have all of the facets of socialism yet, um, but you give an inch, it'll take a mile. Yep. Sort of a concept. Yep. Um, I I'm not a fan of, the, of democratic socialism. I'm not either because it, it the next logical step yeah. is communism. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and anybody that studied um, um, Marxism or socialism, communism, socialism is only a mid step to communism. Socialism is never the the end game. It's communism. Yep. The end game is always communism, yeah. and, and we've we've got it everywhere, and it's not working. Right. Except for the, the the upper crust, the well, Nancy Pelosi's of the world. Well, it, when it when we're talking about socialism, communism, um, you know, the, they do it under the guise of equality. 
But truly, there is no equality under socialism no. or communism. You have the elite that control, and everybody else is the masses, and they're the usually in, yeah. in, a, in a state of poverty. Yep, absolutely. Um, so if you want equal poverty among all, socialism and <laughs> socialism. communism is the way to go Get it. for most people. For most people. Yeah. Well, Jason, I appreciate you coming on the show today and just you. sharing your heart. If somebody yeah. wants to know more about you, how can they support sure. you, whether financially or check your website? How do we find you? Hey, that's a great question. So um, I'm pretty active on my uh, Facebook page. It's uh, Jason Herf, the number four, Ward 2. Uh, you can search me on Facebook for that. Or you can reach me at my Gmail account. It's Jason Herf, again, the number four, Ward 2, at gmail.com. Uh, you guys can call me on my cell. Uh, I pick up most of the time unless I'm tied up with work, but it's 918 766 Six eight six six. That's a lot of sixes. So I'll say it again. Nine one eight seven six 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 eight six six. Text me, call me, email me, Facebook message me. I'm I'm a pretty open book on most everything. Yeah. Um, so you, you know, if there's something that we haven't talked about that you want to know what my position might be on a particular subject, let me know. Um, you know, this this uh, city council race is a nonpartisan race. You're not going to find an R, a D, or an I next to my name or my opponent's name. Um, and and it, it really ought to be that way. I wish our, our city council wasn't in a position where they had to make decisions that lean into a partisan yeah. direction. Yep. Um, city councils take care of infrastructure of a city primarily. Yep. We have fire, police, roads and bridges, water, sanitation. Um, those, those are things that ought not be a partisan issue. 100%. Um, but it, it's it's unfortunate that it's it's become uh, partisan in the sense of when it comes time for a crisis or emergency to hit. So those things, it's not if but when they come around every once in a while. Yep. Yep. How how are your city councilors going to lead? Um, so I, I encourage you guys to really dig in and understand where your your city councilor comes from, their point of view, uh, when it's time to lead in times of crisis or emergencies. Fantastic. Well, Jason, thanks so much for being on the show today and uh, just in your your desire to want to lead and help our community. Thank you. I, I appreciate the time and uh, I'm, I'm available whenever. Fantastic. Awesome. Thanks. Thanks, Kevin. This program has been brought to you by DSR, a technology company that has been investing in Bartles of the Families for over 35 years. DSR, we deliver technology.